0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, powder Donut.
1: <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name and Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh?
0: Welcome in, friends, to this special edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, of course, as always, is the one and only Jay Zawaski of 670 the score and the I'm Fat Podcast. Do not forget, we have a Blackhawks draft pick that has been made this evening as the Blackhawks have taken Lucas Reichel from Ice Baron Berlin in the first round of the NHL Draft Jay. I did a story uh, ranking 12 players that I thought the Blackhawks could potentially end up selecting at number 17. I'm embarrassed to say I, Lucas Reichel was not on my list. However. You ass. (laughs) However, I will say like I did watch video of him in the lead up to the draft. I will say that many folks have said that it might be a slight reach by the Blackhawks, but I'm also firmly in the camp that unless you're the New Jersey Devils and taking the guy, Shakir, there's no such thing as a reach at number 17 in the draft. (laughs) I think they did fine.
1: No, not really. Thanks, by the way, for tuning in. We appreciate it. I know this is sort of a last-minute thing, but uh, my Catholic guilt was building up. I do a hockey podcast, and the Hawks just made a pick. We have to do one. MadhousePod at gmail.com. Twitter at MadhousePod. Instagram, Madhouse underscore pod. Patreon at MadhousePod. Uh, what am I missing um, soon to be our triple threat sports shop will be open soon very soon hopefully by, by the end of this week and uh, oh yeah my book's for sale go buy my book it's a pinned tweet on my Twitter account at jayzawaski670 I have shipped out James so far with more to go 75 copies 75 signed copies in my book this week so my new job is postmaster and it's not fun but I want to thank everybody who took the time to to order a book okay we have talked about this a little bit already we did our draft preview on friday with ryan wagman of mckean's hockey he's our go-to draft analyst we asked him what he thought of lucas reichel let's share that audio with you right now if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing you sure as hell can we talk about some hawks prospects in there as well but here's ryan wagman of mckean's hockey on lucas reichel
0: lucas reichel is a very smart hockey player um, he's somebody who his tools don't, you know, jump off the page, but when you watch him play, he gets stuff done at a level that, you know, very few people his age can, and, and it and it works. So he's kind of a guy who, you know, the, um, the whole is greater than the sum of his parts kind of a deal. Um, I like him. We didn't have him ranked as a first round pick, but a lot of the buzz is he will go in the first round and I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, I I try to look for guys who have a bit more pace in their game, but he's not slow by any stretch. He's just sort of a guy who helps make things work, you know, that you don't. He's not the guy who you notice as much, but he's the guy who's there when things that are good for your team happen.
1: So there you have it. Just sort of like we've been discussing on Twitter and sort of to start the show. Unsexy pick. Smart hockey player. Not doesn't really excel in one area but a good player who is probably better than the sum of his parts that's fine look it's the 17th overall pick it's it's at this point you're sort of rolling the dice anyway and if that's who the Hawks thought was the best player at 17 which by the way has always kind of been the Hawks draft philosophy they don't usually draft for need they usually take the best player available and if they thought Reichel was the best player there then so be it and we'll see what happens
0: See, that's an interesting point that you make about drafting for the best available player instead of drafting for need, because I think that if the Blackhawks were going to rank their needs in terms of organizational need, I would say that a big physical defenseman like Braden Schneider probably would have been pretty high on that list. I would have loved that pick. Or perhaps... uh, guy like uh why am i i'm totally drawing a blank right now i had a guy right on the tip of, like a guy like connor zary or mm-hmm. somebody like that who's going to be able to come in and be like a really solid sniper type player and i know the blackhawks would have loved it if a guy like seth jarvis had fallen to them and obviously that's not what ended up happening tonight or barker so like I'm sorry, what?
1: Or Bart Hurley Jarvis. Three <laughs> six people are gonna get that joke and they're all laughing and the rest of us are like, Who? What? Yeah, story. And I was
0: and I restrained myself from making a Ben Jarvis Green Ellis joke. <laughs> well, thank you.
1: <laughs> but you kinda just did anyway.
0: That's true, I did. So, like, that, that was the kind of guy that I was looking at for the Blackhawks. So, I was looking for, at a guy like Seth Jarvis, who immediately fills a need as a really dynamic offensive player, a guy that's really going to be able to create his own shots, knife through defenses, do all those things. Very happy he ended up with the Carolina Hurricanes, obviously. I'll get to enjoy that for years to come. But that was the type of guy I was looking at. But then when they ended up taking Reichel, He reminded me a lot in skill set of Dylan Holloway, where he's more of like a two-way guy. He really excels in the neutral zone. Every single scouting report I read about him indicated that he's good on both forecheck and backcheck. The Blackhawks, they obviously any team can use guys like that, right? The Blackhawks have had guys like Brandon Sod in their system forever. Drake Kajula is a guy like this, a guy that can play both the second or third line, depending on need, is a tremendously valuable asset to have. And no, this does not address an organizational shortfall in terms of offensive upside or in terms of physical defensemen, but like you said, if they identified this guy as best available player, there are some very serious and very good tangible skills that a guy like Reichel does have, and he may not blow you away on highlight reels. But I do think that having that kind of hybrid player is more than enough of an argument to say that if you think he's the best available player at seventeen, you go out and take him.
1: Well, and here's the thing too: if we're looking from if we're looking at forwards. Um, forward needs organizationally you've got a lot of guys who are small high skill uh, you know like Alex Nylander who is 22 years old and I think we all forget that and we're all we all like air quotes hate him because he was he was traded for uh, Henry Yokoharu that's a guy with some development left but he's never going to be a guy who's excels in every zone right Dylan Strom can play in every zone but he's slow Kubelik is more offense only um, Pia Suter is a guy who plays at all ends of the ice Reichel sort of in the same mold so look there's nothing wrong with adding if Reichel is more of a Brandon Saad than a Patrick Kane that's okay and maybe he's not even that good but it's always good to have guys that can do everything it's good to have versatile players and uh, look I I can't get upset about this pick I just can't I did some research before we started looking back at the last 10 years of the 17th overall pick because I was thinking I was seeing some people upset and I thought really is this is this like such a guaranteed success spot that that we should know for sure who they should pick? So here's the last ten years from 2019 to 2010 of NHL draft picks. It's Peyton Krebs from Vegas, Ty Smith, Timothy Lindgren or Lind Lilligren. Sorry, Dante Fabro. That's the first name of uh, of really any impact. Kyle Connor, great player, no doubt. Travis Sanheim, nice player. Curtis Lazar, nice player. Thomas Hurdle, good player. Nathan ba- is it Bailey I can never say his name
0: I thought it was Bailey yeah
1: and Joey Hishin so these are not household name hockey players by any means and uh look at I have my dad text me he always texts me about the Hawks which is great what do you think of the pick I think it's fine you know it's not a guy who's going to be ready to go next season he's not going to be a right away contributor but look um it makes sense you saw some of the projections and people had him, you know, our guy Wagman had him out of the first round, but other guys had him sort of falling right where they picked. And look, Stan Bowman is always kind of a draft curveball guy. Kirby Doc was a draft curveball. We forget that, right? He almost never picks the guy people expect him to pick. This is sort of the same thing. And if you read anything that Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus did this week, they were kind of the only people I saw really um, highlight Reichel as a target for the Hawks. So,
0: yeah, it's kind of not fair, though. They got to see him play against the Blackhawks last season in Prague. And God only knows the one thing that you can always say about Scott Powers is anytime that dude sees anything, (laughs) he remembers it and he's able to just recall it. He is one of the smartest guys, if not the smartest guy on the Blackhawks beat. No offense to some of the other really talented writers that cover that team. But Scott has a really keen eye for that kind of thing. And he immediately jumped out to Scott and to a lot of other people when he played against the Blackhawks. He talked about that in his Zoom call after he was picked today by the Blackhawks. Said what a thrill it was to play against guys like Jonathan Taves and Jay. Didn't before the? I feel like before the draft you had shouted out Ice Baron Berlin for having an awesome logo, didn't you?
1: Uh, awesome name. They do have an awesome logo, but Ice Baron is just cool. Uh, so that that and I, w- I got the scouting report and I, I just called up the Mark Lazarus story, the draft preview with uh, scouting director Mark Kelly, the Blackhawks scouting director. Here's what Mark Kelly had to say. Quote, he had a chance to play against the Blackhawks in a preseason game in Berlin last fall. He's German, but his dad is from the Czech Republic. His uncle Robert had quite a long career in the NHL. So he comes from a very good family line, very smart player with a really good skill set. He's got our attention. And that's what made me ask Ryan Wagman about Reichel. I thought that quote, he's got our attention, stood out to me because it's pretty rare to have a hockey person flat out tell you, yes, we like this player. And uh, Mark Kelly said that about Lucas Reichel. So that stood out to me. And I'm now, in hindsight, very, very glad I uh, I asked Ryan Wagman about that.
0: I also really enjoyed what Chris Peters from ESPN, formerly of United States of Hockey, For those of us who have been on hockey Twitter for a really long time. (laughs) He had Reichel as one of his big risers in the NHL draft and really lauded lauded him for his uh, upside. He also really liked uh, his release, which I wasn't overly enamored with in some of the videos that I saw. But obviously, I'm going to always defer to a guy like Chris, who's a really good prospect analyst for ESPN I will concede to him on points like this um and one other thing that we do really need to say here I think it almost goes without saying but I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway if there's one thing the Blackhawks have consistently proven over the years it's that they know how to scout European players great point like is there any other area we could potentially give them More of a benefit of the doubt than this? I doubt it. This is like their bread and butter, man. They always know when they pick these kids up from Europe, whether it's in the draft or free agency, they have a really high hit rate on guys from that continent.
1: Corey Pronman from The Athletic, he is their prospect analyst. Here's what he has to say about Lucas Reichel. He says, Reichel kept trending up as the season went along. He excited teams as as a player with a ton of above-average or better attributes. He can skate and make skilled plays at the NHL level, excelled versus men, and did well at the World Juniors. He looks like a player with the tools and makeup to become a top six forward in the NHL, and every scouting report I read about Lucas Reichel talks about his hockey IQ. And dude, how often this year did that topic come up with a number of Blackhawks, especially the aforementioned Alex Nylander?
0: So what I hear you telling me is that I need to really listen to my own advice when it comes to situations like this. When I said the Blackhawks aren't really a need-based team in terms of the draft. Well, apparently they fill the need because they definitely needed smarter players. Maybe we were wrong on that point, man. Yeah,
1: uh, S- uh, Stan Bowman here on the call. I think this year we should draft someone not stupid.
0: Okay, can I just say about Stan Bowman? Like, their, their setup in the dressing room looked like the Legion of Doom, and he did nothing to dispel that notion when he stepped to the podium. Well, the spiky shoulder much pads. much appeared that he was about to start threatening us. Well,
1: when he came out with the spike shoulder pads, that really, that really threw us for a loop. You're talking about the Legion of Doom thing. Uh, the, I thought the Red Wings uh, draft room looked cool with all the flags back there. And how mm-hmm. about, by the way, the whole Lafreniere pick where the staff of the Rangers is basically asleep at the table with the number one overall pick. <laughs> like, wow, don't be so excited. Then his family's like, I love you, son. Please embrace me. And his, like, sister's like, I love you, brother. Let us hug. <laughs> they were the least <laughs> excited people I've ever seen in my life. It was crazy. Like I I dispute this <laughs> because they, the, when, the, when the
0: Oilers picked Dylan Holloway at 14 – they had to cut to commercial because he hadn't <laughs> he hadn't reacted. And everybody was like, oh, that's so sexy. He's on delay or dial up internet or whatever. And I'm just like, he probably heard. And he's like, oh, God, Edmonton,
1: <laughs> poker face, poker face, don't say anything. He's like me on, on uh, Hot Mike with my Hulu. Hold on. Just pause for 45 seconds and I'll catch up with you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, take a quick time out. There's a little bit of Hawks news we did not get to on the last podcast. We'll react to that. First, I want to thank our sponsors, Triple Threat Sports and Mariska's and Crest Hill, 604 Theater Street. Go get yourself a delicious poor boy. Go visit my friend, Jose Dralovich, our friend, Joe Dralovich at Mariska's. Fry the Coop, frythecoop.com. Place your order online. Pick it up at the window. Get the best Nashville hot chicken you've ever had. And, of course, our sponsors at Dr. Squatch. I still, 12 hours later, smell like the cool fresh aloe, and that is a good thing. Go get yourself some natural, made-in-the-USA, handmade soap and hair care products, DrSquatch.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE20 to save on your order. When we come back, we will tell you, in case you missed it, about the negotiations the Blackhawks had with an NHL goalie who has won Stanley Cups before. Maybe you missed it. We'll fill you in next on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: Welcome back into this special first round of the NHL Draft Edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking all about the Blackhawks first round draft selection, but now, as promised before we went to this break, Jay has a little bit of news regarding the Blackhawks and a certain goaltender that they may or may not have tried to sign to replace Corey Crawford. Jay, why don't you take that away for us?
1: Yeah, there were discussions. A couple reports came out. Yesterday, which was what they say Tuesday, so it was Monday, that the Blackhawks had reached out to the Penguins and had been given permission to negotiate an extension for Matt Murray, goaltender Matt Murray. Were unable to come to an agreement, so they sort of walked away from the deal. They are operating as if Corey Crawford's not coming back, and I don't know if they're just doing their due diligence. I don't know if they're if they truly think Corey Crawford is gone. But they are operating as if Corey Crawford is going to test free agency. It's smart that they're doing this. We already know they've checked in on Darcy Kemper. We saw Devin Dubnick traded yesterday to the San Jose Sharks. So pieces are moving around the league. The Hawks are looking actively for a goalie. Um, and I thought that was newsworthy that they got to the point where they were negotiating with Matt Murray and just figured out the money. I don't know which side said no, but apparently the money wasn't enough from the Hawks. Um Or the Hawks were saying, nope, you're asking for too much. We don't want to go that high, Um, which I guess is the same thing. I said the same thing twice, but you know my point. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, the Hawks are acting as if uh, they need to find a goalie, and I think they do. And I I don't think it's too late to get one. Maybe they trade a pick or two tomorrow to get somebody's goalie, but they seem to be in pursuit of someone not named Corey Crawford. So we'll see how that pans out.
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting because I had seen a report that Murray had turned down a five-year, $5 million a season offer from the Penguins to stay there, and obviously that's the Robin Leonard contract – and apparently Matt Murray wants more money than that. And if you're the Blackhawks and you have this kind of cap situation that they're kind of having to deal with right now, is that really a thing that you're going to feel comfortable doing? Would you feel comfortable giving a guy more than $5 million a season for five years at this point where you're at with no. a flat cap? I, I don't see how they could do that. Do you?
1: No, I don't. I don't pull the trigger on that money. No, I think if, if that's the case, You just give Corey Crawford his four and you figure it out. That's what you have to do.
0: How about the other interesting tidbit that had come out about Marc-Andre Fleury today that there was some rumors that Vegas was trying to unload his contract and was going to be willing to take on three and a half million of his cap hits. Yes. I have him away. I have that a guy that you would do that for.
1: If that was what it was. Yes. But I got some clarity on that spoke to a source today. Um, apparently here's what it is it's a little more complicated than is being reported so vegas would trade flurry to a team for a second round pick that team would then trade flurry to a third team that vegas already had a deal worked out with the first team just keeps half the contract so it would be a three it would be a three team trade with one team paying for half of flurry but not having him that way Vegas would not have to pay for half of Flurry. It's very confusing. It's very complicated. And it wasn't that Vegas was going to give a second-round pick to get rid of Flurry. It's that they were going to get a second-round pick to make it part of a bigger trade. That's how I understand it as of a couple hours ago. So, so
0: what's the incentive for the team to take on the $3.5 million in salary? Is it just to get whatever they get from a team for trading Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, I that think kind of the
1: with the third team involved there's obviously going to be other parts involved other players involved um could be a team with some cap space who is looking to rebuild and and just has some cap space to use and is going to say hey give us a bunch of draft picks to take on this money for two more years i don't know it, to me I, I wouldn't like so i'm just taking this money and not getting the player no i'll take mark andre Fleury for three and a half million dollars but i'm not just taking on the money but yeah, there are you, some teams You would
0: do that for a second round pick, I think.
1: Yes, I would do that, too. But it's more complicated than that. Uh, it doesn't mean the Hawks are not going to do it or aren't looking at it. But let's just put it this way. The fact that I got that much detail about the reality of the trade scenario means that the person who gave me the info has a lot of detail on the trade scenario. Does that make sense? And Who
0: probably is trying to illustrate why the Blackhawks didn't pull the trigger on it. Um, or like have any interest in potentially doing
1: it. Or if, or yes, potentially, or if it comes out and it's like, wait, I thought they were going to just get a second round pick for taking him. And that's not the case. It makes a little more sense. Right. um So it sounds like because it's such a complicated story that some wires got crossed with some of the reports. So based from my, from my best source, what I just said is how I understand it it's a three team trade with a lot of moving parts obviously other players other picks involved as well so it's right. not as simple as hey here take Marc-Andre Fleury for three and a half million and a second round pick like okay <laughs> sounds great well, I mean if you're that desperate <laughs> to get
0: rid of the cap hit, I mean you did just resign uh obviously Robin Leonard and the thing with Vegas is it's not like they have an unlimited amount of cap space I know that they obviously were able to build a really solid team without having to really shell out a lot of money their projected cap hit right now according to cap friendly 81.559 million dollars they have zero dollars in projected cap space and they only have 19 players on their roster right now is that good that's pretty damn bad. Okay, thank you. And for it, like clarifying. obviously, that's there's there's a reason for that. It's because Mark <laughs> Stone has a nine and a half million dollar contract kicking in. William Carlson has a five point nine million dollar contract. Jonathan Marchessault is going to be making five million. Max Pacioretty making seven. They have a lot of guys on their roster making some pretty big numbers. And one of their biggest assets that they had coming into the league was that they had gotten a lot of like really good players on fairly cheap deals that is completely out the window now. So I don't know why Vegas would like, I'm not sure why they're going to assume that they can get like actual assets when they basically are desperate to unload money. That's like the only, that's kind of the tripping point for me is it's like, what do you realistically think you're going to get out of this?
1: Speaking of money, I do have a little bit of good news for Blackhawks fans. Uh, our friends at the athletic Mark Lazarus Scott powers, uh, had a story today sort of breaking down how the Hawks could bring back all these unrestricted free or these restricted free agents and put a team together. Here's a bit of news that I missed. And maybe you missed too, James Dylan Strom does not have arbitration rights. So he could be qualified for $874,125. And he has no leverage. Now the Blackhawks are the sort of team, as we all know, sometimes to a fault, often to a fault, that will give players extra money just for the hell of it, even though they don't have to, they could get Dylan Strom back for $874,125. Does that piss off Dylan Strom? Probably. Um, You know, does that change the way the future of the team looks with them and Dylan Strom? Maybe, but it big time solves your problem entering this offseason. So here's the scenario that the guys at the Athletic presented you've got 13 forwards uh seven defensemen uh Zach Smith has bought out Seabrook and Shaw are activated Crawford signs for four million Kubelik signs for three and a half million Kajula signs for a million and a half Cuckoo signs for a million and Strom takes that qualifying offer at 874 125 and there's your team your cap hit seventy nine million four hundred forty three thousand seven hundred and seventy two dollars that gives them two million dollars of cap space to work with So it can be done. It's not unrealistic to bring back. And basically all you're doing is bringing back the exact team from last season with the addition of uh, Pia Suter and Ian Mitchell. Does that make them a playoff team? Probably not. But you have Andrew Shaw in there, right? If he's healthy. Boy, I saw a video of him doing some uh, working out this week on Instagram. He looks ready to go, man. He looks jacked. He looks ready. He looks fired up. Uh, but just the fear man one hit could end everything for him but look are they a better team with Andrew Shaw in the lineup absolutely absolutely especially if it's the Andrew Shaw that left Montreal to come here um, that's going to help them too so there is a scenario where all these players are back and they've got some flexibility money wise so that is uh, look you might have to piss off Dylan Strom and if it costs you him as an unrestricted free agent down the road so be it Uh, You can always trade them at the deadline ahead of that because it's not like they're going to be cup contenders anytime soon. But there is your path to being under the salary cap for the Blackhawks and having everybody back.
0: I'd be very intrigued to see if they would go down that route. I feel like they would be a lot better off trying to trade his rights, especially in that situation that you mentioned with him not being arbitration eligible. I wonder if that would kind of boost maybe their return a little bit that they could potentially get for him. Like, I think that that might be a better solution because I'm sure if they were to end up pulling something like that I'm sure word would travel around the league like a team was kind of acting like that. And I get it. We're in a new salary cap reality in the NHL. We're in a situation where COVID is kind of, you know, wrecking a lot of plans and really changing a lot of things. And free agency, I think, this season is probably going to look different than we're probably expecting it to look. But at the same time, you definitely do don't want to get that reputation after all these years of, I mean, you and I have said it over all these years. the Blackhawks have definitely taken care of their players, probably to their detriment. You don't want to start undermining that reputation now. And I know that like this is a business and I know that tough decisions have to be made, but I think that just qualifying him and then kind of leaving it at that probably wouldn't be the best look for the Blackhawks moving forward if they want to try to attract top tier talents here in the future.
1: Well, what about this? What if they say to Dylan Strom, look, we could disqualify you and you'd make eight hundred and seventy five K roughly. How about we sign you for two and a half?
0: I mean, that, if that's the way they want to do it, I think that that's obviously different. I think that just saying we're qualifying you because we can't afford to do anything else. Sorry, tough cookies. I feel like that's probably not the way that they should go. I also don't think that that's the way that they will go. It's just a really interesting idea that they could conceivably just do that.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours uh you've got round two of the draft starts i think at 10 30 tomorrow morning it's like an all-day sort of a thing so that'll be fun then free agency kicks off on friday we should theoretically have a lot of questions answered by friday so stick with us here at the madhouse podcast we will have it covered uh if you're listening on tuesday night thanks for taking time out of your night after the draft to listen if it's wednesday morning good morning thanks for listening but uh just like we said the other day we will be here for you as blackhawks news breaks and as it warrants Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast from my partner, James Neville. I'm Jay Zawoski. We will talk to you next time. Be safe, be well, and, uh, boy, let's hope the Hawks figure some things out between now and Friday.
0: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Mariska's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop.